Um, okay, so pivoting over a little bit to choosing a lead generation strategy mm -hmm. with you know the tons of different lead generation strategies available. How do you recommend an agent go about selecting one that aligns with their strengths and preferences? Um, I would, I would honestly get a coach to help you with that because if you don't know, if you don't know that, it's okay if you don't know that. Um, cause as I mentioned, this isn't most people's first career. So like if you're coming from teaching or nursing or stay at home parent or anything else, um, likely it wasn't sales. You know what I mean? There's a few people who've done sales before, but not a lot of people have done sales who enter this field because they don't think of it as sales. Um, I would get a coach. I would have your coach help you with like a personality test, like a disc or a KPA if you're with Keller Williams or um, whatever, whatever kind of profiling, you know, I know that Brian Buffini has a free one on his website. Um, so there's all kinds you can do and to find out what your strengths are. Um, and it's really important to align yourself with a coach who will give you the grab bag of tools and you're like, I'll take that, that, and that, and leave everything else. Um, I've been in coaching programs before where they're like, you have to make 40 calls a day. You have, that's it, that's your job. And I'm like, that makes me wanna vomit. Like, I don't make calls. I cannot make calls. I've tried it and it's, I don't know what it is, it's a mental block or if it's like an energy thing, but I'll make like four calls and I need a cocktail. Like I'm like, I cannot sit here and make one more phone call. Like I don't do prospecting. I don't do door knocking. I don't do open houses. I don't do any of that stuff. And, um, I know that's where a lot of other agents get their business, but that's just not for me. And I learned that over time and it was really challenging for me to accept that because it was like, but that's what everybody tells you you're supposed to do. But that's what everybody else is doing. Like, that's what I need to be doing. And and it just didn't align with me and who I am and my personality. It didn't fit into my time. Like, my kids got to be picked up at school every day. They got soccer. They got this and that. I mean, I have obligations. And so I needed something that um, that would bring in the, in the business, but also, like, I, minimal effort for all of that. And so when I started playing around with the YouTube and then it started working and started generating leads, I'm like, oh my God, this totally works. And so for me, that has been like, that was it for me. I'm like, oh my God, I can't, I found it. I found the Holy Grail. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do forever. Never making another call um, for prospecting call. And uh, it's just really worked well. Um, a couple of other things I did to supplement that is I joined um, our local local builder association and I joined our local chamber of commerce. And so you have monthly luncheons and then, you know, activities outside that, um, within the community. And those have helped me kind of just have a well-rounded, um, access to people within the community, but also like I get to contribute and volunteer at community functions and events and things. And so I get to meet people who I never would have met. And so if I have a client who needs a guy who specializes in refinishing old hardwood boards, like natural hardwoods, I can go to my builder association directory and be like, oh, that guy right there. And I'll give him a call, I'll be like, you know, and so that's a resource for me that I didn't have previously. So that's really cool. So that helps me tie into my vendor database, my core 100. Um, and it 
it gives me opportunity to stay top of mind for them as well. Because I can put all of them in my database and, and give them my monthly newsletter or whatever it is. And so it's kind of a win-win for everybody. Um, plus I get to you know, hang out with some cool people. I ran into the mayor the other day, Greg Wheeler's our mayor, and, and we shook hands. I said, hey, I'd love to invite you to be on my podcast. He's like, sweet, give me a call. <laughs> so, so I'll have the mayor on my podcast one day. So that's pretty cool. But, um, you know, opportunities that I would not have um, generated for myself otherwise. I'm curious with the uh, BIA and Chamber of Commerce, um, do you get any direct business from either one of those? So not yet. I'm actually fairly new um, in both of those. Um, I joined right at the beginning of the summer, like actually maybe April time. So um, I went to a few luncheons, just kind of, hey, you know, trying to sit at a new table every time where I don't know anybody and just kind of like, you know, meet new people. And then um, summer happens and everyone's on vacation or whatever. So we're just starting to get back into having a full crowd of people and, um, you know, back to school and all that stuff. And so... Looking forward to meeting more people and um, hopefully generating some business there. I did run into a guy last week, though, at the, at the chamber luncheon. Um, I was talking to somebody, and this gentleman came over, and I introduced myself. He's like, oh, yeah, I recognize you from your channel. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. That always feels good when they recognize us from that. It's funny. Yeah. We're talking you feel like a little local celebrity. Right. Um, I, I was just doing a, a YouTube video for one of my channels earlier and I was talking about this exact thing, you know, chamber and, you know, BIAs and, uh, there's another one that we couldn't think of the name of earlier, you know, um, and I've never been able to get somebody to attain business from that. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It's just, I don't have it. I've had some of my agents join and I'm trying to give them strategies and it just, it hasn't worked. So that's why I was curious if you get that going, you definitely. Yeah. Like so, I mean, the membership is a year long, right? So see how it goes, maybe like springtime next year. Um, I mean, the membership is relatively inexpensive. So I, you know, yeah. I don't see any reason for me to not rejoin. Um, but you're right. If it's something that you're putting effort, effort, effort into, and you're just not getting the return, then you just reevaluate and put your efforts elsewhere. So speaking of that, since lead generation strategies can take some time to yield results, how do you counsel agents or how do you stay committed and patient while waiting for that strategy to pay off? That's a great, that's like the million dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> so um, I think that's the reason why a lot of agents fail in their first year and then their first five years, right? It's because it's, they're not patient. They want the instant gratification and this business is anything but. I mean, even if we get a client day one, we're still 30 to 60 days out from getting paid. So... It's staying, you have to have a positive mindset. You just have to. And I know that gets thrown around like, oh, God, I got to listen to that again, right? But it's, you have to, like, you can't wake up every morning and be like, well, today's going to suck because then you're just going to quit. And that's with anything. But um, you have to stay committed. You have to believe and trust that it's going to happen. Like, your efforts will pay off. They will. It's just a matter of, um, how much energy you're putting into those efforts, how consistent you are, you know, and that was like my first like five years, really, I just kind of tumbled around and was trying to figure out what worked for me. And, um, and so I think the business I got in my first five years was honestly like just sheer grit and a little bit of luck until I really figured out how I wanted to generate my business. And, you know, at that point it really started getting steady and you get repeat clients and that sort of thing kind of at that point too. So, um, you know, I do, um, I do a lot of 
activity with my sphere and my past clients. So that's been really helpful. Um, like yesterday, I had a client party at the the minor league baseball game. So I took everyone to the baseball game. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then springtime, I'll do a VIP event for my A plus clients. And then um, fall time, I do a pie event for Thanksgiving. So those are my touches. But then like throughout the year, there'll be things to talk about. Like for example, um, the recent disasters in Maui, I put out an email to all of my um, database asking for donations for things. And, and I had a list. I go, here's the list of things that we need. Um, here's the, here's the location. You can drop it off in the hours. And if you can't let me know and I'll come get it from you. Right. So it was, even if they couldn't donate or didn't have the time or whatever, it was still another touch. Um, you know, and so not to use the Maui disasters to my benefit, that's not what I meant at all. It was just, it was an opportunity for me to serve a community that needed help, but also reach out to my database at the same time. That's yet a nice little side benefit for something that you want to help with in general, which is always yeah, a good idea. Yeah, you know, and my my son and I, it was a good opportunity for my kids too, like because I took them with me to go shopping for some of these supplies for, for the okay. Maui. So like they got to be involved and see like, you know, this is what you do when people need help. You help them if you have mm -hmm. the means to. And um, sorry, I'm just going to get emotional. Mm -hmm. um, we have... Um, I know Keller Williams specifically, 12 agents in that market center lost their homes and everything they have, and some of their family is still missing. And even though we're like, you know, 3,000 miles away, and we didn't see any of that firsthand, it's like you can't help but be personally affected by that. And that's just Keller Williams, you know, there's plenty. So they lost not only their homes, but they lost their inventory. Um, and who knows how long it's going to take to rebuild that community. I know that um, there was a moratorium put on Maui for buying and selling property. So you can't buy or sell property right now, which I think is actually a good thing because it's going to keep all the ambulance chasers out of there. Um, I'm, it's, un, it's deplorable people trying to find, you know, an opportunity when these people are just suffering and lost everything. And that's just my personal opinion. So anyway, anything you can do to help and, you know, there's a lesson in there for your kids and bring them along and show them, you know, this is what you do. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> so that, yeah, that was, that was what we did last week. <laughs> it's a very busy week and great lessons yeah. to give out too for your kids. Yeah. I always think that's cool. You know, we live in hurricane alley down here in Florida. Wow. So we get these all the time. And then our neighbors, you know, to the East or the West will get hit. And that's, I mean, it is incredible watching, especially the real estate community come together to help out a ton of folks that they don't even I think know. that's amazing. That's like one of my favorite things. Cause even though I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just talking about this with somebody the other day and the real estate industry is really unique in that we all are essentially in competition with each other, but we all need each other to close business, right? So like my competitor who just listed a house in my neighborhood, I they need me to bring a buyer to sell it, right? So that is an interesting dynamic of our relationship, but you're right, when, when something is needed, like we all have the ability to drop all the ego and drop all the branding and come together as a community and, and solve a problem. I agree. So kind of backtracking a little bit back to uh, lead generation. Um, do you track any of your metrics for your lead generation activities? 
Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard to specific to the YouTube channel, right? So it's hard to track the metrics in terms of like touches, like YouTube has the backend analytics. So you can see like how many views you have and everything. But, um, what I do track is how many reaches, like how many reaches out I get a week. So I usually get two to three people reaching out to me per week based on my channel. So if that starts dipping off, then I'll kind of go in and be like, okay, what do I need to tweak? Like, do I need to bump up, you know, do two videos a week for a while? You know, that kind of thing. Um, I noticed last week when I unlisted a couple of non-performing videos, I got like 10 new subscribers within like three days. So that did something to the algorithm. Well, now like other better videos were now popping up in front of people. So YouTube's funny. It's just a weird ism, <laughs> you know, like it's always changing and the ebb and the flow of things. And so you're always having to pay attention to like how you nurture your channel essentially. But as far as my lead, uh, my lead measures, yeah, I'll track those. So like if I, like yesterday I had the baseball game, so I'm tracking all the touches I did with, from the invites and the reminders, and then the thank you notes from afterwards. So those all go in the CRM. Um, and then if you have a good CRM, it'll link to your email. So every time you send an email, it automatically goes into your CRM. So you can track it that way. Um, calls as well. Call, you know, if you call through the CRM app, then it'll log it automatically. So it's like really like they couldn't have made it easier. So that's kind of cool. Um, so yes, but I think since the majority of my business comes from my YouTube channel, um, then I then I just really kind of follow, okay, I post a video a week, that's my goal, and then look at the lag measures, which is how many views I'm getting and what like equating to how many reach outs. Gotcha. So I wasn't gonna dive too much into YouTube today, but since it is a lead generation um, and the biggest one for you, um, can you put it in perspective for the listeners? How big is your channel? Um, so I just capped, I just got like 500 subscribers and that may not sound like a lot because <laughs> a lot of people have like millions, but I have a very small community. My Bremerton is only like 40,000 people. You know, I don't live in a big metropolis. I'm 12 miles west of Seattle, um, like almost due west. And a lot of people don't even know we're on the map. So the people that know we're here or didn't prior to my channel um, are people who are military relocating here. Maybe they are um, on temporary orders with a shipyard because we have the only nuke facility, refit facility on the West Coast. So we get a lot of temp orders from like San Diego and Japan and Norfolk. Um, people who are here looking for um, uh, like midterm rentals. You know, I don't do rentals, but it's they're going in my database, you know? So it's, I get a lot of those. Um, and those are fine. Those are great. I mean, it's just another opportunity to know somebody and who, who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. So you never discount those people, even if you don't service rentals, like you never, they're still going in the CRM. Um, I think that, uh, per like, because I have such a small subscriber base, I think my, my return on that is like astronomical. Like some of these other channels around, like we know channels in, you know, Dallas and Houston and, you know, you have one in Florida who have these like, you know, five digit subscriber base and they're getting plenty of business from it. Um, I have 500 and I made 
$200,000 last year just off that 500. So to me, that's pretty significant. I don't need 40,000 subscribers. That's cool. I mean, it's cool if I did, but I don't need it. Like it's fine. It's performing. It's doing great. Yeah, and that's that's the big reason I wanted to bring it up because I do watch your channel and I you know occasionally watch the metrics and stuff, and it, it amazes me. And that's part of the the beauty of the long form content like that is you don't need this huge subscriber base. Yeah. You need hyper targeted videos that are going to provide value. They don't know anybody here. Yeah, you know, so whether it's YouTube or whether you're putting those kind of videos on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, which are all strategies you know you can do as well. That's what's really cool about it. I think a lot of people get stuck on not wanting to do, let's say, YouTube for for a great example of that, and they don't want to do it because, well, how long is it going to take? And you know, well, you know, I only have a hundred subscribers now. I've been doing thirty videos. It's like, well, with the right people, keep you it don't up. need that many. You yeah, really don't. Keep, it up. keep going. Keep going. It's <clears> um, <throat> it's a slow roll. Um, it usually takes several months for people to even get their first reach out. And that's totally normal because YouTube has to learn like your channel's new. So it's got to, it's like you're on a date with YouTube. They have to learn about you and they have to know if they like you or not. And if you're going to return their phone calls. So like if you posting consistently is going to be the key for you. So one video a week. Um, I think some good advice I heard was um, have 10 videos ready to go before you even post your first one. So like create your channel make your 10 videos and then schedule them out one a week for the next 10 weeks. And so YouTube will start seeing that consistency and then you'll start popping up as suggested videos and all those things. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but you don't have to have a large subscriber base, but that goes back to the niches is like, your my niche in that regard is my location in my area. I've lived here for 23 years. I think I know it pretty well. Um, I know all the areas, I know the school districts, I know all the things, right? Um, and so that's what people are trying to figure out. They don't, they don't care how much real estate you sold last year. They don't care how many awards you have. <laughs> like I've never had a single client reach out to me from my YouTube channel asking me what my volume was last year. They don't care. They don't care. They really they're happy that you're providing the information that they're looking for. They just, they just want value. That's it. That's it. That's it. So, um, you know, as we're talking about lead generation, how do you stay in touch with the latest trends and technologies to ensure that your strategy still remains effective? I know you just talked about unlisting a video. So whether it's YouTube or any strategy, mm -hmm. uh, how do you stay up to date on that stuff? Yeah. Um, so I have a virtual assistant who manages all my socials for me. Um, I have an editor on Fiverr that does all my video editing for me. So basically when my Fiverr guy does my videos, he'll do when he does a long form edit, he'll take that long form and pull two shorts out of it. So I'll get two shorts to post on all the other channels. Um, and my my VA manages that for me. So they have their strict lanes that they stay in. And, um, and basically from there, for me, it's kind of hands off. Like I, I shoot the content and then I send it out and everybody else has their job and they do it. And it, and it performs, you know, and it's, it's tough because you get that mindset where like, okay, I got the YouTube down. Now what else can I add on top of that, right? So then for me, I'm like, well, I would like to start building a presence on Instagram. And so now I'm trying to like study the Instagram and that algorithm is changing by the freaking minute, I feel like. Okay. And I can't keep up and I feel like I am falling so short of the mark on that. And so then I'm like, you know what? I just, just stay in your lane, 
stick with the YouTube, like it's doing, like you don't need to also have a million subscribers or followers on Instagram. Like if that's not your niche and you're not trying to, um, you know, you're not good at that, that's okay. But you are like, you did find something you are good at. So I'm good at the YouTube. So I'm just gonna stick with that and then post my shorts, you know, when I have them. But it's been very, very challenging for me this year to even be remotely consistent with posting reels um, on Instagram. So, and I, and I don't know, maybe it's a mental block. Maybe it's just like, I don't need it. You know, I'm doing fine. Like, I don't know. Maybe we'll get there one day, but not today. <laughs> I think some of it is just a platform because I, I think very similar to you. Like I understand, I understand YouTube very, very well. I understand Facebook extremely well. And then TikTok I'm learning, but because I've been in it for a year, but I don't get Instagram. Instagram has eluded me forever. And luckily I've, I've got a girl that posts for us and all of that, but like there's no growth. We haven't really figured that out. So I get that completely. And I think this is part of the, the, the chat that you need to have with yourself as an agent of like, okay, cool. There's 30 different social platforms. Which one am I going to do? Or which three am I going to be good at? You don't need what, to be good at all. What's your niche? Where are you going to go deep? Mm. Um, it's just, if you have too many plates that you're spinning, like what was that, like the Ed Sullivan show or whatever back in the 50s? If you have yeah. too many plates you're spinning, they're going to fall and break. Like, stay good with your three or four things. Go really, really deep into those. Get really, really good at those. And just let all the other fluff go. Like, yeah, it would be cool to get business from open houses. Yeah, it would be cool to, like, have the energy and the time and the money to throw an open house party or a... a, a Welcome party house, or whatever. Housewarming party. Good grief. <laughs> Throw a housewarming party for a client and meet all their friends and family. That would be great. I don't have that kind of energy or that kind of time or the desire. I don't want to. So it's okay that I don't do that because if I were to do that, it wouldn't be done very well. I wouldn't be giving it my all. So I found something that I can give my all, be really good at. And the beauty of all of that is that when you are giving a presence on platforms like YouTube and people are watching you and they're learning to like and trust you. Now you're attracting the people that you want to work with because now they like you and they're going to come to you. I'm not going to attract people I don't want to work with. If they don't want to work with me, they're going to go find somebody else to work with. And that's totally fine because the feeling is probably mutual. <laughs> so, and, and that's great because what that has done for me is it, it's just the stress level. It's just like, boo, like it was way down. And, um, you're very grateful for every, every contact, you know, every email reply starts the same way. Like, Hey Bob, thank you so much for reaching out. I'm super happy that you're finding the channel helpful and enjoying it. And, and I mean that, like, that's just not rhetoric. Like I mean that because I put my, my blood, sweat and tears part, you know, it's not literally, but you know, <laughs> into my channel. And so like the fact that it, it's helping people is like very validating. And like, for me, it's, it's not just about business in that regard. It's like, oh, yeah, I did something. They liked it. <laughs> you know, yay me. <laughs> so anyway. I think that's a, a very good point. That's one of my favorite things about video in general, YouTube or otherwise, is that it does attract the right people. But most importantly, at least for me, it repels the wrong people. Yeah. And I've got a, I've got a buddy here in my marketplace, one of my closest friends. He does the same thing, same strategy, you know. 
Um, and we talk about that all the time. He's a different personality type than me. Like my, his people are not calling me. I never right. get somebody that's like, well, I was on the phone with so-and-so the other day, but he's not for me. No, they never get to that point. They're either calling me or they're calling him. Right. Um, which leads me to my next question in competition. What's your competition like out there for YouTube in your, in Bremerton? Yeah, none. Um, there is a young agent, junior agent who created a channel Really, I mean, I think his channel name is almost like, it's almost virtually the same, which was like a little annoying. <laughs> like you couldn't think outside the box, bro. But anyway, so um, his channel is very minimal. He's got a bunch of shorts on there. Um, di totally different content, different form. I mean, it's different. It's just, I mean, he's a man, you know, so people are going to be, are going to resonate with one of us or the other. I don't see him as a, like you said, I don't see him as competition because either the client who's watching the videos is going to want to work with me or they're going to want to work with him. And if they want to work with him, I never got the rejection call. <laughs> like I had to put zero energy into that. Like, cool, go work with him. Like I'll work with somebody else. It's, it's like just, you know, free enterprise, like do what you want. Like it's different personalities, different offerings, different communication styles, like all those things. Yeah, I agree.